Welcome to the party, pal. Michael Dukes show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com. That's where you'll find all the links to the uh, various social media platforms. And there's a live stream there. You'll find our audio uh, podcast as well, links to that. And, of course, all the radio stations and translators that we use to broadcast across the state of Alaska. Good morning and welcome to the program Thursday. This is like the fastest. Who was it? I think it was Rob uh, Rob Meyer that said something last week about he was talking about something about how it goes faster as it gets uh, closer to the end. And uh, <clears throat> I've noticed that as I've gotten older, it's like the toilet paper roll. You know, the faster the, the as you get closer to the end, the faster it seems to go. That's uh, that, I thought that was an appropriate metaphor for how I'm experiencing my life at this point. <laughs> Every day just zooms on by, and here we are on Thursday already, uh, looking at Firearms Friday tomorrow, and we are ready to uh, rock and roll. Today, um, we've got a full boat. Um, we uh, were kind of watching, I was watching some of the discussion yesterday, although I'll be honest with you, I was uh, trying to, I, yesterday I went into gavel to gavel, to watch the um, to watch the house session, to watch what was going on, and I got to be honest, um, the and maybe it's just me, although I am pretty computer savvy. Um, I mean, I'm my own engineer, so I do pretty much everything uh, myself. But I was having a really hard time yesterday with gavel to gavel trying to find the actual live "It's Going On Right Now" session. Um, and uh, and I haven't been on gavel for a while, so it was uh, it was pretty noticeable that I mean it, to watch it live. I've I've watched some some retakes and reruns and things like that, but to watch it live, I was having a hard time trying to find to find something that was actually happening in the moment, and uh, even things that were marked. There was I was watching something in the Senate over the uh, transgendered sports bill, and uh, it was like two o'clock in the afternoon, and the live said that it was or what was purportedly live, said that it was like 15 afternoon. So, I mean, it was really weird. But I was trying to um, uh, I was trying to, to figure that out. Anyway, so I was trying to watch all that. Couldn't really, uh, couldn't really track it down. But the uh, House hemmed and hawed. The session was closed out last night, and it was adjourned until 10 a.m. this morning. Now, there's a lot of speculation as to why they uh, adjourned at that point. Um, <clears throat> one of the discussions was is that they didn't have enough votes to vote it down. Um, that there there was enough, there were enough people, obviously, to uh, to to gather a quorum and to do the business of the House, but that the Democrats were concerned that they didn't have enough votes to vote the concurrence vote down, and so they they gaveled out uh, without asking, apparently until 8 a.m. or till 10 a.m. this morning. 
So 10 a.m., they're supposedly going to uh, take this back up. And I'm assuming then the Democratic majority will be at full strength and they're going to find a way to try and not concur with this. Um, I'm hoping that many of you reached out, as I did yesterday, to uh, the whole list of legislators I put up on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. The top post is the uh, – well, the top post now will be this morning's show. But the second post there at the top of the page will be the contact information for all the legislators and a list of legislators that I think need to be contacted uh, and encouraged to uh, support the concurrence. There's been some speculation. Well, in, in, in some cases, not some speculation. There's been some – there's been some discussion that people, uh, that some of the Republicans, uh, folks uh, like Chris Kirka, uh, will vote no. He uh, must read has got an article that says uh, that Kirka made it fairly clear today, which would have been yesterday, that he will vote no on the $5,500 dividend, uh, citing some of the uh, abortion or anti-abortion language that uh, was not present in the Senate bill, the House had passed uh, uh, some some uh, intent language that said the state was not to pay for some abortions. That language was stripped out by uh, State Senator Josh Revac, apparently, and um, he he stripped that out of the Senate matching bill, which would have uh, which you know, I guess put it a little bit of a poison pill. Uh, and Kirka has basically said he's not going to vote for the full PFD budget because that language is not in there. Um, is is how I'm reading this. And there's some speculation that Eastman may do so as well. So I don't know at this point. Um, if they will hold up, I don't know what's going to happen with Sarah Rasmussen. Is she going to vote? Uh, and some of the Democrats like Neil Foster and Garen Tarr, uh, you know, people like George Rauscher uh, and uh, James Kaufman. I mean, are they going to vote in favor of concurrence? I don't know. Uh, I, I just... I just I just have no idea at this point. So we're going to see what's going to happen at 10 a.m. this morning when the House takes it back up. And uh, we're going to uh, we're going to see it. But this morning, we're going to talk to two of the players who are in there talking about this and fighting the fight, uh, starting off here in this hour with Kathy Tilton, who is the uh, House Minority Leader. And we'll see if she's got a head count uh, as to who is going to support the concurrence in the minority so far, and how many is it going to take from the other side of the aisle to cross over and help? Are they going to be able to get it done? Now, <clears throat> I'll be honest. I'm I'm not super confident that a concurrence vote is going to take place. Um, and I guess God love uh, Mike Shower and company over there in the Senate who passed the full PFD amount because at least, as he said yesterday, at least they'll be negotiating from the higher number. I guess we'll be lucky if we get uh, we'll be lucky if we get uh, you know I don't know half of what's going on or whatever. Um, <clears throat> uh, the uh, and, and I apologize. Uh, I just got some clarification. Uh, Bert Stedman was the one that actually pulled Kirk's abortion language out of the budget in the committee. Uh, Rob Meyer tried to put it back in on the floor, and it was Josh Revac who was one of the 10 who voted to keep that new that language from being put back into the budget. So just clarification there uh, on that. Um, and so I don't know. I, I just I wish I had a crystal ball that was a little clearer on this, but I don't have high, high hopes 
that this is going to happen. Now, if you'd ask me on Sunday if I thought that the Senate was going to vote for a full PFD, I also would have said I don't have high hopes. So it is possible. It is possible that a concurrence could happen. But um, we'll we'll have to see we'll have to see what happens with that and we'll get a we'll get a, we'll get some info on that from uh Kathy Tilton here in hour 1 in hour 2 um we will see what happens uh from the perspective of Kevin McCabe who has been uh who has been uh, fighting the fight in the uh, in the house and uh and even fighting up amongst some of his own minority members on some of these issues so we'll see what his take is on this on hour two as well. So Kathy Tilton, hour one, Kevin McCabe, hour two. Um, I wanted to talk to two people who I knew I could get a hold of right away to <clears throat> try and give us an update on this because of obviously I thought it was going. I thought that the vote was going to take place yesterday. But if you haven't, if you haven't reached out uh, to your representative or to all the representatives, I mean I've got a whole list of them up there. Again, on my uh, on my Facebook page, if you want to go take a look at it, um, here are the names that I uh, here are the names that I threw out. Just so you folks know who we're talking about here uh, to uh, to reach out to um, uh, David Eastman, Neil Foster, Delana Johnson, James Kaufman, Chris Kirka, Bart LeBon, Ken McCarty, uh, Tom McKay, Kelly Merrick, Josiah Patkatak. Sarah Rasmussen, George Rauscher, Garen Tarr, Steve Thompson, Tiffany Zolkowski. Those are the names that I said. I mean, those are the ones that I could think of that had a vested interest in voting yes on the full dividend. Um, now, do they do it? I don't know. I, I, <clears throat> I don't know at this point. But we can hope. We'll, we're going to have to see what – we're going to have to see what happens um, – uh, here today, there's a lot of gamesmanship going on. You know, the the Senate is holding the Senate is holding hostage the uh, the capital portion of the budget, and of course, omnibused it all up so that it really can't be discussed and and pulled away. It's going to be um, uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, an interesting show to watch. So, uh, and I'm sure people like uh, Bert Stedman and others, Bert Stedman and Click Bishop specifically. Who both voted for the budget with a full PFD after vociferously, it's a big word, after vociferously fighting against it, but voted for the budget in the long run. I'm sure that they're expecting the conference committee to come in so that they can basically cut the legs back out underneath everything. Um, but we'll see what happens. That conference committee, um, well, it could be an interest. It could be an interesting ride. Um, and, and of course we have no idea at this point who, uh, Peter Machicki would nominate for the third member of the conference committee. Um, it could, it could be one of the conservative members of his caucus, but at this point I'm seriously doubting that. Um, <clears throat> but we'll see, we'll see what happens. So call and email your representatives this morning, all the way up to the 10 AM mark. And again, the link, I'm going to pin it to the top of the page right now. Pin, can I pin it? Oh, no. I have to be me. Apparently, I can't be me. I have to be the Michael Duke show to pin it to the top of the page. Okay, we're going to pin it to the top of the page so that you can go over there and take a look at it, uh, take a look at it this morning. Um, and I wish, wish I could just drop you a link on what it was going to, you know, on the, on the live stream. But again, I'm going to have a hard time 
Um, I'm going to have a hard time trying to figure out where that live stream is this morning, but I'm going to try and uh, I'm going to try and get in on that and share it on my Facebook page this morning as well. So if you want to go take a look at that, feel free to uh, feel free to do so. Okay. Um, so I got the guests. We got that. We talked about that. Uh, some other headlines. Again, 10 a.m. this morning is when they're going to take that back up. What other things are are happening here? Oh, I guess first and foremost, can I just say to the folks who are listening on Kodiak, my heart goes out to the family of uh, Sawyer Cipolla, who uh, is still missing. They're still searching for him. Um, they returned to the trails yesterday. They had the fire department. They had hundreds of people out there looking for him. Uh, drones, helicopters, thermal imaging, everything else. And uh, I just hope, hope, hope beyond hope that um, they that they that they find him uh, alive and well. But as the days goes on, of course, that becomes a tougher and tougher scenario. But I just wanted to make a mention of him today. And if you would all just keep the uh, Cipolla family in your prayers today, that they're able to find Sawyer, their seven-year-old boy who's been missing since Saturday. Um, I would take that as a personal favor if you would just keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, on this and uh, and hopefully <clears throat> hopefully uh, he can be found um, he was last seen on Saturday wandering around uh, in a sweater with a wooden sword playing apparently I guess I don't know I'm, I mean I mean I'm basically assuming here near the family home or wherever it was but I just hope that uh, that they find this young autistic boy who uh, has just such a beautiful smile and uh so if you would all do that for me, I would uh, I'd take it as a personal favor if you would uh, keep uh, keep them in your prayers. Uh, I was going to mention, let me just say that, there, of course, a new Democrat has joined the race for U.S. Senate against Burkowski and Chewbacca. Uh, she's a well-known uh, she's a well-known figure in Democratic circles. Pat Chesbro, former teacher, principal superintendent out in the Matsu. Um, you can go out and read the whole article about what she's you know, why she did this over at uh on the ADN and a couple other outlets have got it. But to me, the biggest quote was the one that they finished up with the article uh, at the end because she jumped into this because of the whole Roe v. Wade thing. And um, and uh, there was some discussion at the end about the two different uh, bills that were in the U.S. Senate about this, the Women's Health Protection Act and the Reproductive Choice Act uh, and all this, talking about women's rights and everything and whether the rights – anyway, I think Chesbro kind of summed up my whole thoughts on her campaign at the end when she basically said, I'm not so worried about giving people rights, um, which pretty much talks about the mindset because rights are not given by government. Rights should be protected from government. And that pretty much sums up everything right there that I needed to know about her. Not that I was going to support her, but as a candidate, it kind of shows me the mindset. And uh, it's uh, anyway, go out and check out the article uh, out there if you'd like to get more information on it or at least to, you know, it's like know your enemy, right? You got to know who you're running against. You got to know where they come from. All right, uh, we're up against the break. We got to go. I got Ka- Kathy Tilton is going to be joining us here in just a moment. We're going to be talking about what's happening in the house t- uh, this morning at 10 a.m. What happened yesterday? We'll get the full rundown on uh, all of that here. That's coming up in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We will continue with more. And Kathy Tilton, House Minority Leader, up next on your home for Common Sense Radio.
regularly heard on American radio. Okay, we are in the break right now, ready to uh, uh, ready to uh, jump into this. I believe that we have um, Kathy Tilton on the line. Let's double check yeah. that, shall we? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? A bright and bushy, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed this morning, ready to go? Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to go, sitting at a very quiet capital this morning. <laughs> okay, good. I mean, it's the calm the calm before the storm, right? I mean, exactly. Exactly. I imagine today is going to be... Uh, I imagine today is going to be exciting. All right, so hold the line, Kathy. I'll be right back to you. Let me get caught up in my chat room here this morning. Uh, it's just you and me and a couple dozen of our closest, well, I don't know, maybe 60 or 70 of our closest friends. Um, uh, Rob Myers comments on YouTube. He said the third member of the Budget Conference Committee is generally, generally, but is not required to be, the most senior minority finance member in the Senate. That would be Donnie Olson. So. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see we'll see who this ends up being um and uh, and where it goes from here but again if it goes to conference committee I the absolute best case scenario coming out of conference committee is that they gridlock and deadlock and the committee has to be reformed because at that point it would not be the finance co-chairs from the house and the senate who I think uh pretty much on a 3 to 1 on a three-to-one basis are against a full PFD. Neil Foster is the only one that's expressed any interest in a, in a full PFD. And um, and I, I'm not convinced as of now that that's not just politics more than anything else. I think that he um, – I think that, that he may have taken a lot of these stances and votes that he's taken – for a full PFD, basically knowing that it's never going to pass. So I don't know that if he's – I'm not 100% sure – that he is uh, fully on board with that, but we'll we'll have to see uh, with what goes on uh, with that. Uh, how many people do you think that the streaming can handle? And I'm I, I'm assuming Christine's talking about the gavel to gavel. I don't know. I don't know how many it can handle. Uh, but you got to find it first. <laughs> I mean, you got to find it first. Uh, we'll see what what's going on here. Chris over on Twitch says, a poison pill so that the anti-PFD legislators can blame pro-life legislators for the failure. Uh, I mean, I agree with that. It's definitely politics being pushed back and forth. Um, I, for one, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not in that situation. But uh, I, for one, would uh, would battle out. If, if it was a chance of getting the full PFD for the first time in so many years and actually getting a win in that category... I think uh, I think I probably would still be supporting the full PFD and then going after the whole uh, uh, pro-life uh, verbiage later, um, because you know again the, the, you I I'm not just a one-issue person, but that's that's just me. Uh, again, I'm not in those seats, so I guess I can only infer what I think I would do while I was there. Um. Is that the same Kirker running for governor? Yes, it's the same Chris Kirker running for governor. Um, it was not intent language. It was a line item that zeroed out abortion in the budget. Um, and that was removed again by Stedman. Did it line out or was it It was intent language that said the state shall not pay out of the general fund? That's what I thought it was. I didn't think it was actually 
a line in the budget that zeroed out. But maybe again, I haven't looked at the it, dude. Time. Um, anyway, it's a and it's it's an interesting discussion. Um, we ran the numbers and it's plus twenty three, even with Kirka and Eastman voting not to concur. Said Harold. Well, if we could get everybody on the list of people that I just mentioned to vote for it, you'd have a pretty good shot at making it all happen. Um, the capital capital budget is too high. It's too high a priority for House members. Got an ambiguous response from George Rauscher, said Brian, and an equally ambiguous response from Kathy Tilton. Okay, well, we'll she's on the line, so we'll find out where she stands on the concurrence right now and see if it's ambiguous or not. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Maybe Landmine can play footless with Merrick and Rasmussen. <laughs> Footsies, I think, is what he was trying to say, not footless. That's a whole different thing. That's like a Mexican cartel thing. When you play footless, it's, you know, this is footsies, I'm sure, is what they were talking about. All right, let's uh, let's uh, let's let's go on here and jump into this. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Well, thanks for coming on board and joining us this Thursday. We're continuing on. I just was reading some of the final comments in the chat room before we jump into it with Kathy Tilton. Michael in uh, on Facebook in the chat room says, I heard Machiki and Stedman were cruising around the Capitol yesterday trying to get those thinking of voting to concur to vote no and send it to the conference committee so that the Senate could fix the budget. I mean, Peter Machicki has gone full-blown anti-PFD at this point, right? So much for signing that letter with Clem Tillian and all that. Uh, Anyway, uh, let's go over here and pick it up with our first guest, uh, House Minority Leader Kathy Tilton, GOP State Rep for District 12, joins us this morning. And we're going to get a full play-by-play of what happened yesterday during the first attempt at concurrence and see if we can uh, quell or confirm some of the rumors about why the session was ended last night. And what we need to do this morning, Kathy Tilton, our guest right now. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? Good morning. I am doing pretty good, I think. Good. Uh, what you think? I mean, that was kind well, of... Well, you never know. you got to see how this day goes, uh, right? That's true. That's true. You were a little, you're like, are you going to beat me up? I'm not beating anybody up. I'm trying oh, to get... Oh, no, no. I'm not, I'm not worried about beating up. I said right in the newspaper, I am all for the full statutory dividend for the people of the state of Alaska, and I'm... Sorry if anybody thinks that my answer is ambiguous. I've been one behind trying to make sure we get all the votes on the floor. Right, right. So let's 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 talk about a little bit about yesterday. Now there was some sure. there was you know there was a lot of questioning, and I know Mike Shower and I had had conversations, and and um, and Roger Holland and I had some conversations about this. You know, counting the numbers, how many you know how many does it take? Well, it takes twenty one, obviously, to concur, and yep. uh, you know, and and uh, the minority. Uh, they were counting, and there was some ambigu- ambiguity in there. You know, is it 14? Is it 16 solid? What was the numbers? Going into yesterday's uh, uh, discussion on the floor of the House for concurrence uh, when it got started, how many did you think you had? I mean, of your minority and everybody else that was in there, what were the numbers looking like to you? Well, at the very beginning, um, when the budget was passed over, I could solidly count on, I felt like, 14 of us to uh, be a yes 
But as time went on, I feel like that number increased to uh, 16, actually, of so, the House Minority Members. Of the House Minority Members. And there are some people in the in the majority who may, you know, come back and, and uh, and you know, who, who, who have expressed an interest or who have voted in the past yep. for a full PFD. I mean, like Neil Foster, uh, sure. Josiah Pack attack. I mean, even uh-huh. Garen Tarr had kind of played yep. around with that. So, I mean, did you do you feel like that there w- may have been some members of the majority who may have crossed the aisle to come work with you guys, or or what what was your thoughts? Absolutely, I felt pretty confident that we were very very close, and I think that that is the reason that the session was um, delayed or canceled last night without any notice to anybody. It was canceled. Um, I think that we were at the number or just right on being the number the only two folks that I'm not positive of here in our majority right now that I can say that I'm not quite sure where they're going to be is uh, Representative Kirka and Representative Eastman at this point. I don't know where, you know, where that falls for them, but I believe that um, most everybody else in, in the minority is on board um, to vote for concurrence. Which is nineteen, right? I mean, of the of the whole minority is is well, it's twenty, it's eighteen. I'm sorry, uh, Rasmussen's out and amongst herself. So, right. So it's eighteen. So eighteen. Uh, now let's talk about the thing with Kirka and and Eastman for a minute because there's been a lot of speculation sure. about this, and in the paper and some other people talking, there was a piece of language that was put in the House bill um, yes. that had to deal with abortions, and it was uh, it basically said that the state couldn't expend general fund monies. For abortion now, was this intent language? Was it an actual line zeroed out? And then, what, get, tell us what it was, because then it was removed by the Senate, right? The Stedman sure. removed it in committee. Rob Meyer tried to put it back in. It was voted down. But what was the actual language? So what was put in there was a it removed three hundred forty nine thousand dollars that had been paid out by the department for what they consider a non necessary non-medically necessary abortions. It's called the Hyde Amendment, and it's an amendment that's been um, put forward by uh, Republicans for years. It's an amendment that I did uh, three or four years back that that made it all the way uh, to the governor's office, and the governor then was informed by counsel that it had been struck down by the courts, and he went ahead and took that out of the court's budget. So um, the governor has shown that he, you know, will will find a way to remove that funding from uh, from the budget. So the governor has already basically said he he's going to veto it some one way or the other. He hasn't said that this year, but he's going to. Oh, in the past. OK, past actions have shown that that is something that he has done. OK, I guess. OK, I'm, I was looking. I was confused as to the timing of what you were saying. So, yeah, in, in, it, was, it was a few three years ago when I put that amendment forward and it made it all the way. It actually stayed in the budget, got to the governor's desk. Uh, the attorney general advised and the court, you know, we're going to take it out. And so he removed it from the court budget at that time. Okay, so uh, it was three hundred thousand dollars that he had that had been removed, and this is the this is the issue that is this is the the, the crux of the issue for Eastman and Kirka apparently. Again, removed right. removed in committee on the Senate side by Bert yeah. Stedman, and then Rob yeah. Myers in Amendment Number Five 
tried to put it forward again, and it failed on a 10-8 to vote uh, with uh, Bishop, uh, Lyman Hoffman, Josh Revac, Bert Stedman, and Gary Stevens on the on the majority side, all voting against this uh, at reinserting that language. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I guess that's it. So the question is, will and I think even Mustreed, the headline on Mustreed, said something like, uh, you know, is he go, is Kirka going to take a stand on this and and hurt his campaign for governor by voting against the full PFD? Yeah. So that's the question, I guess, is because of this language, are Eastman and Kirka going to vote in concurrence or will this be the sticking point for them? And you have not really had any yes or no, 100 percent, one way or the other on this. I have not. Okay, so but that's the sticking point for them. So, Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. So yesterday and again, your your whole thing here is that they called off the session at the last minute, no notice, and Mm -hmm. basically said, uh, and, and and the assumption is, and of course some of the rumors that I heard flying around was, is because me- members of the majority looked like they were going to step across the aisle. So has, is anything going to change overnight? I mean, the, have they been working these people over in the back rooms with rubber hoses all night so that this morning it's going to be a whole different thing? Or what's your, what's your take on it right now? There were certainly plenty of people on the fourth floor that you never see on the fourth floor yesterday milling around and talking to folks and going from office to office. But I would say that the people who have um, made up their minds and made up their minds there and will be voting for for concurrence, that um, there was a lot of different things going around of reasons why, you know, oh, if we vote to concur, then some of the bills that are people are holding near and dear to them won't be moving. And actually, you know, for me, no more bills. Is, I'm perfectly happy with that. And I think a lot of people would be really happy to have all of these bills stopped. No more bills. I mean, we got like we got like six days. So, I mean, I don't know if that's much of a threat at this point, right? But there are people who get married to their bills and think that, you know, they have to have them, which is something you should never do here. You should never be married to your bill. You should know that until it's done, it's done. And you don't know that until it's signed by the governor, right? Right, right. So, right. yeah, so, uh, okay. So there, was this, there was that kind of a threat kind of thing going around. There was also that um, any bill that had already gone through that the fiscal notes wouldn't be covered because there's not language in the budget that covers the fiscal notes. But again, I don't know if that's terrible. Yeah, I. I, I <laughs> so I don't know. I None just, of those I, things really seem to bother. I think there's solutions if you really need something. Right. Well, and I and I agree with that. I think there's always solutions. So. Uh, again, all day, all night, being worked over, these people over there. I don't know if uh, if our call to reach out to their representatives uh, or if the, if the, if these people have been reached out to. I mean, are you hearing from people? I mean, uh, over, yes. over this full PFD and the concurrence? Or, or... Yes, we're hearing from people over the PFD, the full statutory dividend. We are hearing from people more um, on that than we have heard from people since uh, – the university budget was cut back in the day. Well, oh, so more than that. Well, good. I mean, I'm glad. Um, I yes, po- me I po- too. And I'm excited, and I want to say thank you to the people who are who are making the calls. I will say that the AFL CIO is on a campaign to, with a form letter saying to vote no. And it's and it's come out as well to legislators. I mean, I was just when I got up this morning, I checked my post from yesterday just to see if you know if how many people had reacted to it and everything else. Just to and only four people had shared 
the post saying now's yeah. the time to concur, and one of those was me sharing it to my own page. So I was uh-huh. a, I was a little discouraged about that, but it's good to hear that people are reaching out and uh, and getting this done. So um, so tell me, uh, you know how what's your what's your confidence level this morning that you guys are going to get started at 10 a.m. and that there's actually going to be a discussion and vote and you know uh, again not to get Dauber down, but this is, this is the Hail Mary, right? I mean, this is the long Absolutely. shot. Yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, this is, this, this is the time. Yeah. The, this budget is huge. I will tell you that there are a lot of things in there. I don't care for There's a lot of pet projects and stuff like that, that are not, that are not needs of the state of Alaska, but there are ways to bring that budget down. And, uh, you know, that, that might have to, depend on the governor to look at projects or, or, or uh, items that, you know, there are things right there in that budget right now that actually the Senate put in, um, there was some savings from adjusting some of the things in the, in the health coverage for the state of Alaska that saved about $38 million. He, in the governor's budget, had not, inc- he had reduced it by $38 million. In the Senate's budget, they added that $38 million back in to uh, put toward the PERS liability. It's not something we have to do right now. So right there is $38 million. Right. That could be cut right, right, right. off the bat. Right. So there's a lot of things like that that do not harm people that you could cut that would um, reduce some of the extra, what you might, you know, you might call fat in the budget. But um, as far as the agency operations, it's, um, it's not reducing agency operations like we would like to see happen, but it is, it is as far as agency operations, keeping it fairly flat. We're hearing, uh, we're hearing this uh, uh, commentary, and we saw this uh, on Tuesday, I think. Uh, it was, yeah, Tuesday, uh, after the, the budget had, bill had passed the Senate, how there was a lot of, oh, my gosh, this is going to be, you know, you're draining savings, you're doing all this and, mm-hmm. and everything else. But even after the budget is fully funded, all these other things are going on. Um, we've seen the numbers. I mean, there's mm-hmm. still half a billion dollars in the SBR. Yeah. There's 1.3 right. billion in the CBR, and there's 15 and a half billion yeah. in the ERA. We are not yep. draining out any savings accounts on this, even paying for the full PFD and fully funding all these agencies. I mean, these stories about, well, what happens when you call the police and they don't show? No, no. Right. Those are all funded, right? I mean, this is all, that's just all smoke and mirrors. And they're all funded. It is, that, yeah, those are fear tactics and those are not, yeah. So everything is funded and there's still room to, to uh, make some adjustments to bring it down even more. Right. And, you know, it's really funny that that turned into being, uh, a mantra because when we tried to put money into savings from one of the amendments that we had put forward, <laughs> we were denied. So yeah. now it's now savings is important. <laughs> well, but when we when we tried to save, it was like, no, we don't need to do that. <laughs> right. Well, I'm hoping that um, I'm hoping that the that the that the rubber hosing last night of all the members of the majority doesn't take i'm hoping that they're looking at this and and i hate to say this i hope they're looking at it through the eye of politics and understanding that they have to go back and explain to their districts um you know this the, you know after the session is over why they wouldn't vote for a full pfd especially when it's available and on the table and uh, and ready to go and all they have to do is concur 
Um, I'm kind of, I hate to say it, but I'm kind of hoping that politics plays a big uh, part of that uh, because I think it would be a good push. We're going to, we're going to continue. Uh, uh, we're going to continue with this. Uh, Kathy Tilton is our guest. Uh, we're going to continue our discussions with her here in uh, just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke show continues. You're home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. You want to come in and join us in the chat room this morning. We're available on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Any one of those platforms will get you going. Feel free to dive in. Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show is probably the easiest to get uh, on board with. We'll be, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll be back. How about that? Kathy Tilton, right after this. Common Sense Radio, The Michael Luke Show. What is that? Common Sense. Regularly heard on American Radio. Michael Duke Show. In the break right now, back into the chat room, Rick said, Eastman said something about the state-funded abortion issue, question mark. We were just talking about that, Rick. It, it, it looks, it, it appears that maybe Kirka and Eastman will vote against the budget and the full dividends because language was removed uh, by the Senate, language from the House bill that had prevented uh, some $300,000 from being used of state funds, uh, and they're not happy. <clears throat> they're not happy about that, so they may they may not do that. Um, okay, um, let's uh, let me go back here and see if there's any comments for Kathy uh, in the chat room. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the money and how it can affect Alaska. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question: Can Dunleavy veto the abortion language? That's a question mark. Um, as you mentioned earlier, he had stripped out uh, some of that money in the first year. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. that was also one of the reasons that they gave for the recall. Right? That was one of the reasons yeah. that they gave for the recall there. <laughs> So, I mean, he may not do it just because he feels like it may um, open him up to a recall. Um, uh, Rob uh, uh, Rob uh, Myers says on Facebook, the $5,500 per person would be $100 million going into each house district. I mean, that's a huge, huge economic impact, Kathy. Absolutely, 100%. You couldn't have a better economic impact and help the people of Alaska. And, you know, I think what... Uh, you know, looking through the eyes of politics, as you said earlier, but I think that what every legislator needs to do is look through the eyes of the people, you know, look through the eyes of your constituents. Yeah. And um, there is no doubt in my mind that this is the first time in in six years we've had an opportunity to actually vote on a full statutory dividend. I mean, there, the time is right now. Right, and I and I think as you look at this, especially for the majority members in the House, um, you know, before I think that they could hide behind a little bit of this and be like, "Oh, it's such a heavy lift," and I don't know if we can get to the full PFD, and I could support some of these lower things, but you know, it's just so hard. But this is like wrapped up in a pretty little bow. Here it is, full PFD. Full energy rebate, everything else, tons of. Uh, I mean, if you're, you know, you know, if you're looking for the for the lucre and the loot, tons of capital projects and all this money. And I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a hard thing to not just say, just check the box. You're you're good to go. Um, I mean, they yep. will have to face some constituents, and I mean, there will be some splaining to do. You know what I mean? There, if if yep, they don't vote ab- for it, absolutely. Want to, you know, you know, I, I I tease about the rainbow and butterfly bills. You know, where there's something for everybody and everybody loves it 
you know, this is this is a rainbow and butterfly bill. I mean, there's there is something for everybody, and everybody should love it. Um, unfortunately, yeah, is it really big? It's really big, but it's really big in the capital area, and it's really big going to the people of the state of Alaska. And this should not be a problem with that being big. Yeah, no, it, it should not be. I mean, I guess that's the one it's place. Both. That'd be the one place that I could support in part, not in whole, but in part, state money's going to because it deals with the constitutional issue of infrastructure. I mean, we yeah. should be paying for public safety, education, and infrastructure. Now, we can argue mm-hmm. about how much or where or how it's delineated, mm-hmm. but those are at least things that are mandated by the Constitution. There's a ton of other things that are nice-to-haves and not must-haves right. that we could go in there and cut into. Right, um, your, need, your need versus your want. Right. And um, looking at you know, taking care of the things we already have, finishing projects we've already started, you know, and just not starting new projects, but, but taking care of the things you already own and uh, right. finishing up those projects, uh, I think is um, an important an important thing to look at. Yeah, spending- Again, <laughs> there's projects in there that I that I think are, you know, I, I'm sure whoever put the project in might, might think it's very important, but you know, there, there's some things in there, definitely, right. that I, I think uh, could be uh, looked at. Spending millions of dollars to take a project to 90% completion and then just kind of hovering it out there, that makes no sense. Uh, uh, and right. the frivolous exactly. the frivolous projects could, could go. But at the same time, um, you know, if this gets us at this point to a full – I mean, we're here we are going into year three of the pandemic. Right. Um, <clears throat> the first two years, obviously, the most painful and the most economically yeah. damaging. But – I mean, this would be a huge boon to Alaskan citizens. Um, well, you know, who better to decide on what to do with the money than the individuals themselves? Oh, they don't want that, though. Don't let and don't let the people have a say in it. Let the people. <laughs> who better to yeah. know what you need to do with your money than you? It's much better than I don't even understand the mentality of that. The government might know how to how to parse it out better than oh, you do. Well, they do not. <clears throat> Come on, they got some kind of uh, thing from on high when they got elected. They became semi-omniscient. They know better than you how to. That's the politician's disease. Uh, Ron Gillum says, I'm receiving hundreds of emails saying to vote to concur. I've received about six form-type emails saying not to concur. He says, I agree with Kathy Tilton that uh, a lot of things in the budget I don't like, but there'll be a lot of items vetoed by the governor, or I guess available for veto by the governor once it passed. So. I you know <clears throat> I guess we'll see mm-hmm. we'll see what happens uh, here. We're twenty seconds out. Kathy Tilton is our guest. Uh, we are ready to rock and roll and jump back into it. One final segment for this hour. Kevin McCabe coming up in hour two. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like and share this video. Like and follow the show page. Hit subscribe. Ring the bell. Let's get it done. Here we go. Continuing now, uh, State uh, House Minority Leader Kathy Tilton, State Rep from District 12. She's coming on board this morning to talk with us about the concurrence vote. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I don't know, Kathy, you want to put a crystal ball on and put your turban on and hold the envelope up to your forehead and tell me? I mean, you want to give sure. me you want to give me Vegas odds on this? What do you think? I mean, again, there's a lot of moving parts. We were just talking about it during the break that this is the first time that a full PFD has been wrapped up neatly in a bow mm. with a ton of capital projects and monies for all the districts and everything. I mean, it's a huge thing. But I mean. It's got to be appealing to some of these rural legislators, especially whose uh, you know whose whose constituency or some of the uh, the lower income folks who have been hit hardest by the PFD taking. Um, yeah. You want to you want to give me some odds? What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Um, I think the odds are that there is a concurrence. That is what I I, I feel strongly. I lean strongly that way based on. Um, yesterday and talking with folks and even uh, even this morning i woke up feeling good about it um you know if if there if there was not concurrence and uh and it went to conference committee why would you why would you want to give it back to the two folks who who did this in the first place when you know that that the, you know they didn't vote for that statutory dividend and they took out the abortion funding so why would you give it back to them yeah well i mean uh- I <clears throat> I I like where you're, I like where you're coming from, and I I agree with this. And there's again, there's some options to fix this. I mean, here's the thing, and because right. again, I'm I'm pro-life, I'm I'm anti-abortion, yeah. all this. But is one more vote gonna is gonna fix this at this point? In this one, taking a stand on this one thing, is that going to fix it? Um, I think you and I both know that that's not going to make a difference one way or the other. But well, right, well, you know. I mean, really, there was, there's, there's language in the budget, it's intent language, that I've been trying to get removed for years that allows the department to move money within any, any place in the department. In, the, in a normal budget process, they can't move money in between appropriation lines. But the Department of Health and Family Services and, and the Department of Health have this language where they can move money anywhere within their budget. So if the money is removed, and if there's a federal requirement for them to pay for it at this point, the money will be replaced by moving money. Right. It won't come out of the general fund. It'll come out of some other position or something. Right. It, it, they'll they'll right. find a way around it at this point. Right. And I'm not saying that's right. I don't, I don't agree with it at all. I've been trying to remove that language for years. But the reality is this one vote is not going to make a difference on that issue in the short term, whereas putting $100 million worth of money into each district that allows Alaskans to spend it as they see fit would have a huge impact. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, putting that much money into the economy, we've talked about how we want to help the economy. This is the best way to help the economy. It's the best way to help the people. It's the right thing to do. It's the law. (laughs) Right. Uh, You know, um, people make a decision on what they want to do with their money way better than government makes decisions on what to do with your money. And, and it should go to the hands of the people. And this is, you know, I'm really excited because we actually have the opportunity. The first time, first time in six years, we've had the opportunity to uh, vote for a statutory dividend that's actually in the budget, not an amendment trying to put it in, but it is literally there. Right. Easy. It's, it's the it, easy it button. in our oh. grasp. It is, it is up to us to say yes yep. 
to, you know, to give it back to the people of Alaska. Right. This is the easy button vote. Just mash it and you're done. Close up shop. Go out to go out to start your campaigning for reelection. Away you go. I mean, it, it, it should be an easy button move. And like yeah. you said, I'm seeing more and more reason why it could pass. Uh, it is going to require some crossing across the aisle, and I know that they've mm-hmm. got a binding caucus over there. And there's again, there's probably mm-hmm. been a lot of arm twisting overnight. But these people have got to go back to their districts and uh, and face their constituencies, and especially, like I said, those that are in constituencies that are in the lower income classes that you know are are fifty percent fifty percent or less of you know the of the of the grossing income in the state. They're the ones that have been hit hardest over these last six years. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, 16, 17, 18, 20, 25 percent of their income being taken away by PFD cuts. This would be life changing. Absolutely life changing. Well, I'm hoping that uh, that people pay. So what do we need to do, Kathy? <clears throat> so, you know, you asked me to put on my crystal ball and say what yep. would happen. And I yep. just I'll, I just want to be uh, forthright and I will and say that I don't think we'll go to the floor at 10. Yeah, you don't think, because again, the arm twisting will continue. I mean, it'd be, <laughs> because the beatings will continue until the morale improves. Right, exactly. <laughs> They're going from hoses to waterboarding here sh- shortly <laughs> later this morning to try and keep these people in line. And again, they have a binding caucus, but we're so close to the end of the session at this point, yes. plus the election. I think at this point, the binding caucus rule is not does not hold the sway that it normally would. If you were in mid-session uh, and it had to come back next year without an election, that may be one thing. But these people right. are having to do the math and go, does the binding caucus really matter if I've got to go back and face my constituency and I get voted down because I submarined a full, P- a full PFD? Well, it's what I truly believe in, too. You know, right. I'm not going to change what I fundamentally and morally believe in because it's a binding caucus. Well, no, right, and it, I'm not saying you specifically. I'm looking, no, I'm not talking about me yeah. either. I'm talking about, but you know, yeah. I heard you talking earlier about you know Foster. I mean, there's a there's a full dividend, and maybe he's not maybe he's not a full dividend person, but there is 150 million dollars for the Port of Nome in there as well. Right. Can you tell me that that um, a binding caucus can tell me that I have to vote against my community? Yeah, no, I mean, I I gotta say. There's a there's a political component and there is a philosophical component. If philosophically you're in support of your district and of a full dividend, that's great. But I wouldn't even care about that if it is a full yeah. political if it is a full political reason you know what? to say I want to get take, reelected. Right. You could strip any you could take anything away from me. I wouldn't care. It doesn't matter. Having a position does not matter. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and, versus voting, uh, you know, voting against your conscience and voting against your people. And your you district. need to have that ability to vote for your people in your conscience. Again, if you've got a family of four somewhere in the rural community somewhere where the median income is twenty or thirty thousand dollars a year, and you got four people in your house and you get twenty or twenty five thousand dollars, I mean, what kind of a difference does that make? A huge difference. I mean, that is Absolutely. a huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I I, hope that people see it that way. And you're right. I don't think it'll show up at 10. Um, so w- quickly, I got 90 seconds here. Walk me through what happens then. If they postpone it again, we've only got six days, five yeah. days, six days. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they, they can't postpone it forever. They can't square these people away. It just gives the time for more momentum for the public to get engaged on it. They're they're going to have to pull the trigger on this eventually. Yep, I think they feel like if they 
if they hold out, they can change people's minds, but I think they're wrong. I know the people of the state of Alaska will, and, and especially people in people's districts, will be calling and, and uh, doing whatever they can to get a hold of their legislator. I feel like it locks people in more the longer they wait. Yeah. No, I, I agree. So maybe go ahead, put it off to tomorrow. We'll see what happens yeah. then. We'll see how many more hundreds of emails you get then uh, on that. <laughs> Well, Kathy, thank you for your positivity, and thank you for uh, coming on board and sharing with us. Uh, Send me a text. Let me know what's going on. I'll uh, I'll make an announcement here on the show if we need to. Thank you for coming on board. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. Kathy Tilden, GOP State Rep District 12, House Minority Leader. Yeah, go ahead. Postpone it. Postpone it over the weekend. Make it a Monday vote. Give people a chance to really get revved up about it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Kevin McCabe, up next, Hour 2. Yeah, full transparency. I actually, I'm glad she said that because I was thinking to myself, they're really not going to come to the floor at 10 a.m., are they? I mean, they'd have to be working those people over all night long. Again, go out to my Facebook page. Facebook, just click on the top here where you can see it. Uh, and the and the top post right there tells you all the legislators that I feel that you need to reach out to, to encourage them to, uh, to support the full PFD and the full budget as it's written right now. Is it a perfect budget? Absolutely not. Does it spend too much? Absolutely. But remember, Mike Schauer and company put together over 100 amendments to kill stuff in the bill that was bad and they got voted down every time on those things i mean it was a it it, you know mike shower talked about it yesterday go back and listen to yesterday's show he talks about that the bottom line is is that even with all the bad stuff that's in this bill even with all the bloat or the frivolous projects or however you want to look at it, all the things that are in there think of what could happen if you put two billion dollars into the private economy Uh, You know what? I'm not okay with the government spending all this excess money, so to speak. But if you're going to put $2 billion into the private economy, that's going to offset a whole crap ton of stuff. And it sets a precedent. It sets a precedent for next year and sets us up, I think, for a good fight next year if we get it done. So, you know, reach out and, you know, reach out. Tiffany Zulkowski, Steve Thompson, Garen Tarr, George Rauscher, Sarah Rasmussen. Josiah Pakatak, Kelly Merrick, Tom McKay, Ken McCarty, Bart LeBon, Chris Kirka, James Kaufman, Delana Johnson, Neil Foster, David Eastman. Reach out to those people. That's what it is. Are you saying that they won't vote today? That's what I'm saying, Christine. Uh, Kathy already said that she said she doesn't think that they're going to meet at 10. Do they? Maybe they come in later today. Maybe. So maybe there's a vote today. But I think it's highly likely, especially if they feel like members of the majority are going to vote against them and vote for the budget, that they're going to work those people like rented mules. That's what I think is is going to be happening. But we'll have to see. But I think, again, there's a catch-22 there. Because the longer that they delay, the more people are, start, are going to start to get, err, err, err the more chance and the more opportunity we have to spread the word to our neighbors and to our friends and say, hey, have you have you told your representative to vote for that you haven't? Well, why not? 
I'm, 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 yeah, I'm all about that. I am all about that right now. The clear way to solve the PFD argument is to let Alaska vote, says Jamie Allard. Why doesn't the legislature want to do it? Because it will pass. That's a hundred, a hundred and fifty percent true. I have said that from the when SB twenty six was going in, which is the POMV formula, and Peter Machicki was championing in it, and I invited him on the program. It was one of the first times I ever spoke to him, and I asked him, you know, that Mike Dunleavy at the time, Senator Dunleavy, had put forward an amendment that said the people had to have a say on it, and Machicki and company killed that amendment. And I asked Peter Machicki directly, I said, why won't you let the people vote on this? And he goes, well, because they would vote with their pocketbooks, and they would say yes. So you know that the majority of people would say, don't do this, and you're going to do it anyway, because what? You know better than them how to, you know it. That's what it comes down to. Well, we shouldn't let the people vote because, you know, they just don't know. <sighs> anyway, um, the people will overwhelmingly pass it. Ding, 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 ding. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Um. Alaskans need to call on Governor Dunleavy before 10 a.m. to have him publicly denounce abortion funding or we will lose enough votes to get the PFD. I think if the governor took a stand on that and said, you know, maybe he didn't. Well, I think maybe he'd have to come out right and say it directly. But I don't know if he will, um, you know, the, not that they would recall him in the same year that he was being reelected, but it could become an election issue. But, you know, God, so what? Come on, Mike. Say you're going to do it, veto it, get this dividend in the hands of the people. That's what needs to happen. Uh, Josh Revac, dirty tactics, knowing he would stop pro-life candidates from voting on a full PFD. I mean, yeah, I think that there's some of that in there. He's a politically cal- calculating animal, Josh Revac is, and, and, and is not a, f- a p- friend of the PFD. I mean, not a friend of the PFD. Uh, over to the phones, I think we've got uh, Kevin McCabe ready to go. Are you with us, sir? Good morning, Michael. How are you? You know, I'm good. I'm getting a little wrapped up, as you can probably see. Yeah, and uh, I can tell you. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm ready. I think this is, you know, we have an opportunity here for something amazing, but people have got to have some intestinal fortitude. Um, and the and the and the penalty and the pummeling and the, and the leverage of the binding caucus is slipping away. And I think we have an opportunity here that we probably haven't had in a long, long time. So I'm really looking forward to it. You and I both, we are perched on the edge of greatness, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dunleavy could go out a hero, says Chris. I agree. If Dunleavy did that, if he came up and stepped up and did that, some people may see that as a as a as a detriment to his campaign. I would say that he would solidify a base that has been slipping away from him from the la- for the last two years. If he vetoed a big chunk of the budget, especially a lot of the frivolous things, kept the PFD, said he would veto the the abortion funding or whatever it is to to uh, to you know to mollify and to give peace of mind to some of those people out there, he could have a huge boost to his campaign. But you know, I guess we'll just have to see. He could go out a hero. We'll see what happens though. All right, uh, Kevin McCabe, our guest, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio, Hour 2, right now. Let's do it. 
buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Mr. President, Mr. President, what does a fistful of cash get you if you are sitting on the tundra wishing someone would come pick you up? Or if you're calling a state trooper after being assaulted and no one comes? Or if you're trying to pay competitive pay for a teacher in rural Alaska and you can't pay for that? Uh, that's a good question. What good does a fistful of cash do you? Well, I don't know. Let's see. It puts bread on the table. It puts fuel in the heating oil tank. It puts tires on the car. It puts a little money in savings in case something disastrous happens. And it does a lot more than that. Oh, by the way, the picking them up and the calling the police and the teaching and all those are already funded already. So what's the real problem? The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. That was, of course, the soundbite queen, Natasha Von Imhoff, uh, on the floor of the Senate earlier this week talking about why we should get a full PFD. My God, can you imagine how the, the, the little people, why would they need a fistful of cash? I don't know about you, but $5,500 is not a fistful of cash. That's a lot of cash to me. Maybe to her it's like buying a Big Mac, but to me, that's a lot of money. Uh, joining us this morning to discuss it is uh, our friend, uh, GOP state rep from my district, my representative, Kevin J. McCabe, uh, joining us right now. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Michael. How are you? Good. I mean, what could you do with a fistful of cash? I mean, what good is it if uh, if nothing else works, if you get a fistful of cash and the government crumbles, what good is it for you to have cash? Because, my God, you couldn't possibly take care of yourself. Well, I think I would use mine to make sure my four-wheeler is in good repair so I wouldn't be sitting out in the tundra and need to call the troopers. That's just me, though. Well, yeah, maybe. Or buy some new shoes, you know, rent a helicopter trip to come pick you up. I mean, hell, there's a lot of things you could do with $5,500 for every man, woman, and child in your household. Uh, that's not a, I guess, again, I guess it's all about perspective. If you make 130000 bucks a month, then I guess $5,500 is just chump change. To the rest of us, that's a living, baby. That's a living. You know, but it's not chump change, even for the rest of us. Even if you make 130000 a year and you get $5,500 extra, what's the chances that you're going to spend it to buy something that you wouldn't have had or wouldn't have wanted or wouldn't have needed, and you're going to spend it in the local economy, which puts a businessman to work. He gets to pay his employees. He gets to pay his rent. I mean, we're talking about returning $100 million per district to the state of Alaska, to the businesses, to the small businesses that have had such a hard time in the last two years. I, I can't see a downside to this. This is, just, this is just a picture of the arrogance 
of politicians in general, Kevin, I'm not lumping you in there, but of politicians in general, and specifically those in leadership positions in this legislature, that somehow they look down and say, you poor, poor, pitiful children, let us handle your money because you obviously can't. I mean, it's a fistful of money, but, you know, we would do so much better with it if we take care, you know, and of course the whole thing anyway on top of that is that it's a lie because the people who would come pick you up out of the tundra are fully funded. The troopers are fully funded. Education is not just fully funded. They got an extra $60 million on top of that. This is the same kind of mantra we heard before where they said, if you vote for this, the bridges will fall, the roads will crumble, and the troopers will listen to you scream on the other end of the phone lines. This is the same kind of stuff we've heard over and over again. Uh, uh, absolutely. and it, You know, it's the fear tactics. Um, you know, you've... Uh, uh, you've heard it so much that we're going to be broke, that we're going to the state's going to be upside down. We're going to overdraw this. We're going to overdraw that, and and it's just not true. It, it it is a lie. It's a fabrication. I mean, we kept hearing in all the reports, and of course the ADN carrying the water for a lot of these people talking about how oh this budget is going to gut our savings. It's going to drain the state savings accounts down. And I'm looking at the short fiscal summary for the Senate budget spring forecast, utilizing the budget that was passed this week by the Senate. And here's what it says: After they pay everything, including 2.764 billion dollars for the PFD and the energy rebate check and when everything's paid the sbr will have over half a billion dollars in it the cbr would have 1.3 billion dollars in it and the era would have 15.6 billion dollars of which six or seven billion of it is our past pfds that are still sitting there so you're looking at a grand total of nearly 20 billion dollars sitting in those accounts to me i don't know about you but that doesn't seem like draining the state savings no me neither and you know we have a unique opportunity right now to help pull our citizens out of the doldrums of of uh, covid and and frankly the looming um I got a really bad echo in here. I'm going to have to get rid of my headset or something. Hold okay. On. Kevin McCabe is our guest, by the way, GOP state representative for District 8. There, how's that any better? Oh, you sound really clear now. Good to go. Yeah. Sorry. So, um, yeah, there's, you know, we have a unique opportunity to put, help pull our citizens out of the COVID-19 and the businesses, small businesses and everything else. And, you know, they're talking about, man, I heard $17 a gallon for Avgas and some of the villages that even have Avgas coming up. Right. $11 a gallon gasoline for uh, auto gas. Yeah. You know, our people are going to need some help. It's really funny to me that the AFL-CIO is opposing or wanting us to vote no on concurrence. With hundreds and the of conservative mil- Republicans are the ones that are concerned for our, our most needy families. Yeah, you know? the AFL-CIO voting no with hundreds of millions of dollars of capital projects at stake here. I mean, why isn't the AFL-CIO membership going? What? Wait a minute. What? What are you doing? Don't do that. I mean, it's it's insane. Um, look, Kevin. Y- yesterday. They were supposed to have the meeting, everything else. You guys got no notice, right? And the meeting was canceled. And nobody got any notice, not even the majority. Uh, one person, the speaker notified one person to go down to the floor with her and gaveled out. So so they gaveled out, no notice, dead of night. What was going on yesterday? I hear, and you can confirm, I, well, I don't want to put you, I, no, I'm going to ask you. 
I hear that uh, Bert Stedman, co-finance co- or uh, finance co-chair, and Senate President Machiki were wandering around trying to tell people, "Vote no, vote no. We'll fix it in the Senate. Con- we'll fix it in the conference committee." I mean, any truth to those rumors? You want to? Well, wanna- there were a lot of people, as Kathy said, on the fourth floor that you don't normally see up there. Uh, um, you know, talking and a lot of meetings in stairwells and behind closed doors and that sort of thing. So. Um, it's uh, it's true. I mean, it, you know, people were forging new relationships, if you will. <laughs> is, for, is God, is that political speak for yes? There was a lot of arm twisting going on, Kevin. I mean, I mean, come on. I, I mean, I joked about it being, you know, taking him in a dark room and using rubber hoses on him all night last night. But I mean, that really is probably what's going on. I mean, this threat of the binding caucus, which we've talked about and how problematic that can be, but it is losing its. It's losing its threat status as we come close. I mean, we're five, six days away from the end of the session. You know, if I was a legislator in there that had been roped into a binding caucus and they said, you got to vote with us or we're going to – I'm five days away from this session being over and then I'm facing a re-election I, with, with the entire legislature, with the exception of one legislator, up for re-election. You want me to vote with you and then have to go back and face my constituency and tell them why I didn't vote for a full PFD? Well, it's not only the full PFD. It's the think if you're an Anchorage legislator and you have uh, people have seen uh, Senator Stedman and Bishop on the floor arguing against the money for the Anchorage, the Port of Alaska. So if you're an Anchorage legislature and you vote to not to concur with this and send that money back or send the budget back to the Senate co-chairs and they strip the funding for the Port of Alaska out. So now you have voted against the full PFD and against the Port of Alaska. What do you suppose your chances, even in Anchorage, are of getting reelected? Well, and there was some reticence to putting the money in for the Port of Nome and some of these other projects as well. I mean, do you think those projects will survive on the conference committee? I mean, all things are are on the table at this point. That's absolutely correct. You know, there's $30 million in there for roads and infrastructure in the Matsu, which we need desperately for some of the bridges and some of the roads in there. And, you know, frankly, the co-chairs of the Senate finance, they don't care about the Matsu because the Matsu is going to vote against the budget every time anyway. That's right. That's the words that I heard came directly out of their mouths. Oh, you actually heard that. That being said, that we don't care about you guys because you're going to vote against our budget anyway. So screw you. Yep. All right. Well, then that's why we only got 2% to begin with of the overall budget on the co- to begin with when the first drafts came out is that the Matsu got almost nothing, even though it's the fastest growing, second most populous district in the entire state. And they got some crumbs and said, there you go, kids, go play in the corner because we're going to punish you. And that's what, again, that comes back to that feeling of we know you poor pitiful children, we're going to punish you. Put this dunce cap on and sit in the corner and you'll be happy with a few scraps that we throw at you because you won't do what we tell you to do you naughty naughty children because we know best i mean that is the politician's disease is it not absolutely and i hate it yeah i mean it is it is so frustrating so um kathy tilton was just on and you may or may not have heard her uh, on the program but she just made a comment near the end she said in full in now that i put on my crystal ball and my turban and everything to predict the future she goes in full transparency i don't think that there's going to be a meeting at 10 a.m because uh, i mean her, she feels like i think her implication was there's a lot of people in the majority who are like 
this is an opportunity. I've got a bow. I've got a gift wrap package, a bow with a bow on it, to say you want to vote for the PFD, a full PFD. You want to be a hero to your constituency. You want to bring these projects, these capital projects, to your areas. You want to do all this. You don't have to do any of the heavy lifting. All you have to do is say yes, and then go back and smile and say, "Look what I did for you." I mean, that's got to be a hard. That's got to be a hard job of work for the other side to try and come in and undo. I. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, Michael, one of the things that, uh, you know, you've talked about your, your four uh, ideas of, uh, you know, replacing the players and yeah, the charter of changes, right. I think there's a a fifth one there. We need to shift the paradigm. So we have done a conference committee. Nobody can remember when we haven't gone to conference committee. Nobody can remember it. And we have had these budgetary problems for years because we've taken our big, huge budget, way over bloated budget and put it in the hands of essentially four majority members, two from the House and two from the Senate, and one minority member from each House and one from the Senate. So six people have taken control of this big monster and and made a budget. And and then when it comes back to us, all we get to do is concur for a second time. Well, I'll tell you what, maybe it's a good idea to send a whole bunch of this big bloated budget to the governor and then we can all have input on where the vetoes need to be made, and maybe 60 of us can make a better uh, budget and a better choice than just six people. We were just talking about, and Mike Dunleavy, before we finish up with Kathy, um, uh, or maybe it was after, I mean, he has an opportunity here. Now, maybe, you know, he's 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 done a lot of damage to his to his uh, efficacy as, as, a, as a candidate for re-election. I don't think anybody would argue with that. He's He, he had a base. His base supported him. He made the cuts. He blinked. You know, he 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 then you know reversed himself, and and he's really not been doing a lot. His he's lost a lot of his base. He has an opportunity here. If he came out and said today, this morning, or sometime today, you know, look, uh, you go ahead and vote for this budget. I will take care of some of the things that you're worried about. Now, whether that means the the abortion funding or something else, or he takes a pen to it, he could really reinvigorate his base to say, hey. Mike step back up. He could and even if his campaign didn't, you know, overcome and didn't didn't rebound as much as you want, he could go out a hero if he did what needed to be done, what the politicians don't have the will or the horsepower to get done, he could be the hero. I agree with that. There's no downside for him uh, for for us to concur. The only issue I see is when he starts the veto process, he will need every single one of us behind him and every single one of his base behind him because, um, say, he cuts funding from uh, the university like he did uh, two years ago and he got so roundly chastised or um, any of those other programs, they're going to go after him and the ADN is going to go after him and, oh, my gosh, the children, you know? Right. And, uh he he'll need support from the rest of us to say no wait a minute he's doing exactly what we wanted him to do he's controlling this big bloated monster we're calling a budget and that's the governor's job the legislature appropriates we appropriated all this money for all these programs and the governor gets to veto yeah no i mean that's the thing that is his power in this whole process he proposes the budget the the legislature does what they're going to do and he has the 
almost final say with all those vetoes. He has the power. He has the authority. He can, we need strong leadership to direct this state. We need strong leadership to counteract the chicanery and the gamesmanship from these old school legislators who've remained after we've changed out two thirds of the legislature, these four or five or six people who've remained to keep doing business as usual. We need a strong leader to counteract what they're doing. Absolutely. Kevin McCabe, sorry, Kevin. I'm not trying to shout at you, Kevin. I'm just emphatic. I'm emphatic. Uh, Kevin McCabe is our guest, GOP state rep for District 8. Uh, we're at the first break already. So let's just uh, get it going on. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We're going to continue with Kevin here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Back with more. Don't forget to join us on Facebook. We were up to 97 people on the Facebook page here a minute ago. Maybe we'll break that 100 mark today. Come on out and join us. Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show slash live. If you want to be part of the chat room today, ask some questions of Kevin during the break. We can do it right now. Uh, Back with more. Common Sense Radio right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. In the break right now, Kevin McCabe, our guest. Let me housekeep here. 94 people in the chat room. Uh, there were only, I just refreshed the screen so that I could actually see it. Um, how many shares? 94 people in the chat room and 30 shares. Only 30. Only 30 shares. Now, <clears throat> I'm not going to whore myself out or anything, but share the damn show. Come on. You want people to get involved? You want to make a difference? Today is the day, my friends. Today is the day. There should be over 100 people in this chat room right now talking about this, going out and sharing the post from my Facebook page. You should be doing that right now, sharing the post from that Facebook page, uh, basically telling the people who they need to, uh, to contact to remind them to get it done. That's, that's what you need to do right now. Look, I can actually post this in the chat room. There is the post right there. Go to that post. Share that post. Tell people where they need to go. Right there. Go out there. Make it happen. Oof. Share, like, follow, hit subscribe, ring the bell, do all those things. Questions for Kevin McCabe are up right now. You got a question for Kevin. Now is the time to uh, do it. Uh, let me go back here and see if there is uh, uh, is anything. Dunleavy picking Machiki as lieutenant governor would sink Dunleavy's chances. I, I yes, I would agree with that. I think that would be like, I mean, why? Why just you know turn the revolver, spin the cylinder, and pull the trigger at that point? Why would you do that? But I think that's the only reason why you haven't seen the governor uh, announce yet who his running mate is, is because it's going to be somebody in the legislature. He's waiting for the session to be over. Now, who would that be? I don't know. Um, if it's Machiki or Von Imhoff. That's problematic. <laughs> First of all, I think he might as well just go on vacation to Tahiti for the rest of the year at that point. Um, but who knows? Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. 
Um, let's see. Uh, Pierce is getting Charlie Pierce said uh, he can't wait to work with you, Kevin. He loves the red pen. That's what he said. So <laughs> I think that that would be I think that that would be fun. <clears throat> um, uh, McCabe is making a sound argument, says Harold. That's high praise from Harold. Let the process work. Um, uh, okay, I'm, I'm just going just going through the comments, going through the comments. Um, I hope that he, the governor, can grow some stones. COVID neutered him. If he could cut the obscene amount he's spending for COVID jab commercials, we'll be much better off. Uh, a lot of that's federal money, by the way, so I'm not, you know, again, not to put too much of a kibosh on what you're saying, Marcy, but most of that money for outreach is coming from the federal government. Um, it's not state money. I mean, he could, ve- he could, he could kill it, but it, you know, it's, it's there. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, we saw the work, let's squish and bailed. Uh, that is a, a valid point, Kevin, <clears throat> how you said that the governor has to have a, a team behind him. Brian says, we saw how well that worked out for him last time. His base went squish and he bailed. Uh, and that's that's the truth. Yeah, I I agree. He has uh, the whole uh, the university uh, um, vetoes that pretty much started him down the recall path. I guess we needed to be fully vocal against the ADN and everybody else that started hammering him over that. And the, I think it was President Johnson um, that creating such an issue and right. on every talk show he could be on right uh, slamming the governor yeah no i agree i think that was a big i mean the university crowd is very vocal and of course we heard the words like apocalyptic and draconian and all these other kind of things in associations with those cuts which which basically accounted for less than i think six percent overall and when that year was done anyway they had actually spent more than what they started with so there was no cuts whatsoever uh, I mean, it was a hot, hot, hot mess when it was all said and done. Uh, but- right. You know, maybe I'm unfairly picking on the university here. There's many programs like that. One of the things, I just got a text from a friend who's actually watching in the chat room right now, and, and she said not to forget to remind the unions that all of their contracts are in this budget. No. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, that makes a whole lot of sense for the AFL-CIO to be saying no. Vote against our contracts. All right. Uh, Kevin McCabe, our guest, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and share, like and share, like and follow, hit subscribe, ring the bell, hit share, hit follow, (sighs) obey. That's what I'm saying. All right, we're back now. Kevin McCabe, our guest, GOP state rep from District 8. Um, So, Kevin, again, asking for a little insider baseball here. I I feel confident that you can give us a a temperature of the legislature. I asked Kathy, I said, you know, put on your Kreskin turban and tell me what you think is going to happen. She says she thinks concurrence is going to happen. Now, you're in the hallways. You just said you're seeing a lot of people that normally aren't there. You're seeing a lot of new friendships being made quote unquote uh, what uh what, what what's your take right now what what do you think if you if you were throwing a poll out there what do you think is is going on in the minds of the legislature on the house right now uh, uh as of as of this moment this morning 
Well, I'm the eternal optimist, but I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised. I really do. I think that there are enough uh, folks that are on the fence. Um, it's an election year. There's so many reasons that this is an upside for so many people, whether it be uh, uh, Neil Foster and Gnome, I mean, the full PFE and the money for the Port of Gnome, or whether it be uh, somebody like uh, Representative Carr in Mountain View, who is the you know, one of the lowest income areas of Anchorage, and, and even Alaska, a uh, 50, you know, 5,200, or even if it were just a full PFE and the port for jobs. And just think of all the jobs that that port is going to generate. Um, you know, everybody's committed to fixing the port of Alaska. They're just not quite ready for the 600 million that, uh, that Mayor Bronson wants, but a hundred million would go a long way towards design and everything else and uh, would start to employ people, would start to move the project along. And I just think that it's an upside for so many representatives. And there is no downside other than the binding caucus and bending your will to the uh, the speaker and the two co-chairs of uh, Senate finance and uh, the Senate president, I, I think. Let me ask you this question. Um, we've seen a lot of, of, of political maneuvering and gamesmanship uh, coming out uh, from people like Senator Burt Stedman, who uh, he was one of the first to start using contingency language uh, more recently, and they're using it pretty frequently now. He was the one that threatened uh, last go around that if people didn't vote for the for the, the bills that he wants and the budgets that he wants, that he was going to cut funding to, like, the Knick Goose Bay Road expansion, which is the most dangerous road in the state of Alaska. We've seen a lot of that. The, the latest... Uh, maneuver was to wrap up all the bills into an omnibus bill, um, uh, wrap up the budget, the operating budget, the capital budget, and the supplemental budget all up into one bill, which initially uh, everybody, including myself, was like, ho, 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 that's not right because you may support a capital budget but not an operating, or you may support a supplemental but not the operating of the capital. You could at least vote differently. And so I had a lot of angst about that to begin with. But the more I look at this, the more I realize this may have been the blessing in disguise because now, as again, everything is back in the laps of the of the, of the of the minority. They can't just say, "Well, I love that port project, but I don't like this," and so I'm going to vote. It it, it is it's going to come back to bite them. What say you? I I could uh, yeah I agree. The uh, the promise made early on in the session is that there would be a capital budget this year. Um, absolutely, that's what the Senate said. The co-chairs, there's going to be a capital budget, and then. When it came out, we don't call it omnibus anymore. It's called a turducken. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, I think that was a mistake, truthfully. Uh, we could, uh, the Alaskans could see it clearer if it, if it were separated because they would understand that the operating budget is virtually flat. I think 2% increase. Right. It's the capital budget and the infusion that we need as a state to move some of these projects along, we have a huge infrastructure deficit with bridges and roads and everything else. And we need this capital money to fix some of our problems, whether it be the Port of Alaska or uh, some of the roads in the Matsu or some of the roads in the Fairbanks area that rode up by uh, the Richardson Highway is incredibly bad. The road from uh, uh, to Northway from Coke is, is horrible. Those things need to be fixed. And Alaskans would understand that, and they would understand why this budget is so huge if it would be a little bit more transparent. But, yes, I agree. Wrapping it all up into a traduction has given us a bit of leverage that we didn't have before. 
Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to peel back a little bit, and instead of focusing on the governor and uh, members of the majority, which we have been so far uh, in the show, um, <clears throat> let's go back to members of your own minority. Now, you've had a little bit of a dust-up with a couple of the members there. Uh, there's been some barbs and arrows slung back and forth, uh, you know, the faculty stuff, the the uh, the tabling of a lot of the intent language that was, uh, in your in your opinion, stopping some of the demagoguery that was going on on the floor and things like that. And now there's some discussion as to whether or not two of those members of the minority, Kirka and Eastman, will support this bill based on some language that was stripped out by the Senate Finance Committee and then failed to get back in through the help of people like Revac and uh, and uh, um, uh, Bishop and uh, Stevens, etc., uh, what's your take on that right now? Do you have any inclination as to what's going on? Will there be a support of this, or will they die on that hill to say, you know, we're not going to do it because of the intent or the abortion language, the three hundred thousand dollars we're talking about? What's your What's your take on this, and and what are your thoughts overall? Well, you know, I, I'm pro life as you are, as many of us are. I just have a different process. I'm looking at the long game. I, I would like to see us get to the majority and put in a clean pro-life bill instead of trying to tack amendments into a budget bill all the time that are really uh, ineffective. The court has said they're ineffective. Um, frankly, if, if the governor was uh, it was smart, this is an up, another upside for him. If, the, if this fails because one of those pro-life legislators couldn't see his way to voting for concurrence, and so we don't get a full PFD, and then the governor strips out the abortion language anyways, who, you know, it, it just, to me it would be politically scary to be in that position if I was running for governor. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he has an opportunity here um, if he do it, and again, he could come out looking like the hero. Um, but it, it, it's going to take a lot of intestinal fortitude to get that done. Um, if he said, and this is my question to you, if he said something along the lines of, I will strip out that funding, the, the mere $300,000 that we're talking about, um, do you think that that would change hearts and minds? Do you think that would unify the minority? Um, yeah, I don't know that if I don't know if I was the governor, I don't know that I would show that card just yet. Uh, it, yes, it might unify the minority, and it might uh, and it might help. But I think that uh, Representative Kirk and Representative Eastman need to come to those decisions on their own. Yeah, well, I mean, I that, that's we all come to our decisions on our own in the long run when it's all said and done. I, I, you know, I, I just look at them and think, you know, this one vote is not going to move the needle on that issue. It really isn't. I mean, it, it, it basically is symbolic more than anything else. The state, as Kathy Tilton talks about, every time she strips this language out, they find a way to work around it and get the funding anyway. Whether that's right or not, that's a whole other question. But this one issue, to me, should not hold up the opportunity for the good that is done. We're talking about putting $100 million into the hands of... Uh, in every district, into the hands of Alaskans, and the economic impact of that cannot be undersold. Right. So, I, yeah, I, I agree. And, and you can do the most number of good for the most number of children in this avenue. And and think of it, we need to shift the paradigm once again. We've been trying this end run around with the budget amendments for four or five years, and it hasn't worked. It just hasn't worked. So let's find a way to get 
Republicans, conservative pro-life Republicans, to the majority where we can put in a clean pro-life bill that will actually pass with the majority, with the Republican governor and uh, Republicans, conservative pro-life Republicans in the House and the Senate, we could put in a bill that would actually work. Well, but yeah. Until we get there, we can't do it. So, Well, and I think the opportunity is ahead of us here. I mean, in the past, a lot of pro-life bills would run afoul of Roe v. Wade, and, and that was going to be the hill that was going to be hard to climb. But if the Supreme Court, as it's been leaked, is going to overturn that, and leave it up to the states to make the decision, the opportunities are going to be more abundant and the likelihood of passage is going to be much greater uh, on this case. So, again, don't die on this hill. Save your arrows and slings for something uh, in, the, you know, in, the, in the months ahead after this vote comes about. Make that difference. Absolutely. And, and that's one of the things we discussed yesterday is, look, let's, let's pass this or let's concur with this. Let's get it to the governor for his vetoes. We can discuss with the governor whether or not he uh, wants to veto uh, the uh, the abortion money if he can. He can veto money. He can't put language back in there. So a lot of people don't quite understand the powers of what the governor can do. But he could veto, um, uh, once again, until the court told him that he couldn't. But he could possibly veto. We can discuss it, that with him after we get this budget in his hands and let Roe v. Wade decision happen get us to the majority, and, and sort of follow the timeline instead of trying to put this Band-Aid on the problem again. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin McCabe is our guest, GOP state rep from District 8. We're talking about the uh, concurrence vote on the budget. The budget is now sitting in front of the House, uh, has fully funds all the departments, has a tremendous amount of capital improvements in it, has a full PFD and an energy rebate program, this really is the, um, I mean, this is the unicorn, Kevin. I mean, you've never seen anything in the last six years. You've never seen something come in so complete and so ready to go without any real heavy lifting. The only thing they have to do is poke the button. <laughs> yeah, right. We just, well, we, there's a step before that. We need the speaker to put it on the floor. We well, need it to be called out of the limbo file by the um uh, by the House Majority Leader, the Speaker puts it on the floor, and you we were already 14 hours delayed, and probably going to be delayed more because she doesn't have the vote. And how? And I well, let's we'll talk about that when we get back. What happens? You know, what is the timeline? What happens if she doesn't? How long does it go? We'll talk about all those things and more. Kevin McCabe, our guest. One final segment ahead. Uh, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based. Free Thinking Radio. We're going to continue and we'll have more discussions. Don't forget, you can come out and join us on Facebook this morning. I saw we peaked out over 100 for just a second, just a hot second. We'd love to hear you, though. If you want to come in and ask a question of Kevin, come and do it in the chat room right now. Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show slash live. And it'll take you right to the video. And you can come in and make a comment, ask a question, do whatever you want to do. We'll continue one final segment with Kevin McCabe right here on your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Your mental suppository. The Michael Duke Show. 
in the break right now. <clears throat> All right. All right. Let the good times roll. Concur. Um, even Senator Reinbold voted yes for this budget. She has voted no for six years until now. <laughs> that, that's, that does say a lot. I mean, it really does at this point. That says a lot. I mean, there is an opportunity here to, uh, to really make some waves and to get some stuff done. Um, I, I, I'm just, I'm so hopeful, Kevin, at this point, I am, I am so, so hopeful that something is going to, uh, something is going to happen. You and I both. Uh, we go ahead. I think we keep talking about the pressure that we can put on legislators or that the phone calls and the emails, and those are great. I would say that the most amount of effectiveness or the effective ones right now will be the ones to the speaker's office. Um, asking her to please put uh, AP two eighty one on the floor for a concurrent vote. Just, just telling her to go ahead and do it. Just do it. <laughs> um, you know, the funny thing is, there's a lot of money in that capital budget for Kodiak. <laughs> everybody get you get a car and you get a car and everybody gets a new car. Uh, encourage them to uh, concur. Uh, I'm just putting it into the chat room right now and encourage um, Stutes to move to the floor. Okay, I just put the link back in the chat room again. I've done it twice, but this one's got the little information on it. You follow this, you can get you go right to the list of all the legislators. There's a whole list of legislators that I have laid out. Um, Kevin, <clears throat> I'm going to rip through this list real quick, and you can tell me, is there anybody that I missed that we should be reaching out to? Uh, I said we should reach out to Eastman, Neil Foster, Delana Johnson, James Kaufman, Chris Kirka, Bart LeBon, Kevin McCarty, Tom McKay, Kelly Merrick, Josiah Pakatak, Sarah Rasmussen, George Rauscher, Garen Tarr, Steve Thompson, Tiffany Zolkowski. Did I miss anybody? You know, I wouldn't neglect some of the Anchorage uh, folks. There are some that are concerned about the port. Andy Josephson, Calvin Schrage, um, even Zach Fields. You know, think of it, Zach Fields as a union guy. Uh, he's got to be concerned about that port money because that is a ton of union jobs. So right. I wouldn't neglect those guys either. Um, they need to hear from you as well, especially if you're in Anchorage or have relatives or somebody in Anchorage. Um, that port, well, frankly, that port affects all of Alaska. That's why it's called the Port of Alaska. Um, you know me being a big uh, Point McKenzie uh, uh, port guy. But the Port of Alaska is hugely important to all of Alaska, and it absolutely needs our support. And there's $100 million in there for that port right now, and the Anchorage reps should be very concerned, even the Democrat reps. Well, and <clears throat> I know that there is, a, there is a feature that allows you to email all the legislators at once, and I've forgotten the email address. Uh, what is it, legislators at aklegg.gov? Do you remember? Or is it house at AK? I think it's house at akleg.gov. Let me let me look uh, uh, akleg.gov. Let me see if that comes up. I think that um, um, I think that that is the email address that sends everybody uh, that sends everybody in the in the house an email. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll keep I'll keep looking here um, to see if I can see if I can find it. Uh, but yeah. <clears throat> How do how do you say? Oh wait, wait a second. How to send a public opinion message? There we go. Um, POM uh, POMs can be sent uh, to the thing. Uh, yada 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 yada. 
um, here. Okay, I guess I guess not. I think it's I think it's house. You could CC it to house at aklegg.gov. I think that goes to every legislative member. But um, I mean that would that would make it simple and easy. But I would break it down. I mean, again, I think Kevin's making some valid points. You know, talk to uh, Zach Fields and say, look, this includes not only hundreds of millions of dollars of projects that would benefit unions, it also includes the union contracts. I would talk to Garen Tarr about the Mountain View District, one of the lowest income districts in the state. What difference would it would a five uh, fifty five hundred or in a family of two an eleven thousand or in a family of four you know a twenty a twenty four thousand dollar bump in their income? do for them you know what would it do for people in the bush and and the and the project in Nome for neil foster what would it do for you know start asking and and personalize it to each one of those people take a take 30 minutes for lunch early and write out some emails to these people and make it happen uh again i've just put the link up in the chat room and you can go take a look at it there um <clears throat> let me see if there's any questions for kevin on this, uh, Jennifer says, once the budget is dealt with, there's still unfinished business. It's not time to go home and campaign. Well, that is true, but we are running out of time, right, Kev? Right. We have seven days left, I, be- I believe, or six days. And I, I agree with that. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of years since we did a budget and then stayed here and finished up some of the bills that are real close to fruition, and I think we could do it. Um I think the Senate has already said that they are willing to stay around till the end of the 120 or the 121st day. And I think the House should as well. There's plenty of bills. There's some crime bills. Sarah Rasmussen has an excellent crime uh, d- uh, domestic violence. Hold, uh, hold on, Kevin. Hold on, Kevin. I'm sorry. I'm up against the break. Let me uh, jump back in. Like, share, follow. Let's do it. All right, we're continuing now. Kevin J. McCabe, our guest. We were just talking before we came back uh, in from break that uh, once the budget's done, I mean, let's say they vote to concur. I mean, we can all keep our fingers crossed on that. But it's uh, <clears throat> the business is not done. They still got six days left. It ends next Wednesday at midnight. Uh, there's still business that has to be done. Kevin was just running through a couple of quick things that still could be looked at before we run the daylight out on this thing. Kevin? Well, sure, yeah. I was saying Sarah Rasmussen has a very good crime bill. Uh, Representative Carr has a very good uh, crime bill. Uh, Peter Machicki, Senator Machicki has SB9, which is the Title IV um, revision that's like 130 pages long. It's been running around the legislature for a long time, and it just needs to be done and put on the street. So we could finish those three at least. Um, there's a few more that are are very interesting uh, and very helpful that we could put out. There's some, uh, uh, I think, some state defense legislation, some RS uh, 2477 or 42. I can't remember ever remember the number, but there is some legislation that defends the state, uh, uh, puts money in the budget for state defense against federal overreach. Um, that's the John Sturgeon legislation that right. needs to be finished so there's there's a few things that we could wrap up that would be very beneficial mm-hmm. once we get past the production um if you want to find out who to contact and where to go i posted it up on my facebook page at facebook.com slash michael duke show 
Uh, it's right at the top of the page, and you can see the link to the uh, to where all you get all the contact info, phone numbers, emails, etc. Um, uh, one of the things that Kevin said is don't forget, as you're encouraging all those legislators to vote for concurrence, the one thing you also have to do is to vote for Louise Stutes, the Speaker of the House, to move it out onto the floor because she's basically holding on to it right now. She's already canceled the one meeting. Now the question is, here we are, we're already 14 hours late on this, Kevin. Um, what what happens here? I mean, it's supposed to come together at 10 a.m. Kathy Tilton already said she doesn't think it's going to happen at 10. I think you indicated earlier you don't think it's going to happen at 10. What <clears throat> what happens What happens now? If, if, if she continues to delay... What is the mechanical process here uh, for moving forward? Well, she could continue to delay. They could just leave it in there. We could actually have sessions where they don't uh, they don't call it out of the limbo file, and uh, we could go through bills and bills and bills, and they could use uh, time compression as a weapon again and continue to apply the rubber hoses to the bottom of everybody's feet and see if they could uh, sway one or two people. I think it's a little late for the Senate to do another budget. It would take too long. There's not enough time left. So the compression, time compression is working against them right now. They would have to find a uh, some sort of a appropriation budget that's sitting in the Senate and amend that. Um, I'm not sure that they have the time to do that. So there's a number of ways that they could go about uh, mitigating what they feel is a disaster and we feel is a victory, frankly. I uh, and and of course it has to be. I mean, eventually it has to, a budget has to be approved, right? <clears throat> I mean, we uh, we're only six weeks away from the end of the fiscal year. If a budget is not approved, then we run the risk of again a government shutdown. Uh, I don't think that they want that on their hands. Uh, but she is trying to corral all the ponies, so to speak, and to get all the votes in before she brings it to the floor, knowing that she will have the vote she needs to kill it. Um, but if we apply pressure, we can help with that. The second thing is, I think, the, and I would just said this to uh, Kathy Tilton last hour, the longer she waits on this, the more time she gives for a momentum, a groundswell of momentum from the citizenry to get more engaged and involved on making sure that the House passes the bill with a full PFD in it. I agree with that. I think <clears throat> adjourning last night out from under us was a mistake. I think that uh, she normally what she's doing would be exactly right. Normally, a little bit of time to apply a little bit of pressure is a good thing. Unfortunately, right now, Alaskans are so engaged in this because of the PFD uh, that the more time she spends, the more entrenched people are going to become because of their constituents in their position. Right. Well, and more and more people, I think, are, are, like you said, are engaged in paying attention. I mean, how much email, how much contact have you? You're not on my list of people to call because I know where you stand. But how much engagement have you seen from your constituency and from people? Now, granted, the Matsu is a conservative district and they're very pro-PFD. But just give us a flavor of what you're seeing in your in your emails and, and messages and palms to your office. Right. I, I, I probably have several dozen emails, uh, maybe two or three from AFL-CIO people, uh, maybe a few more than that. I couldn't tell you exactly how many phone calls, but quite a few, uh, maybe a dozen from yesterday. But I will tell you that uh, offices down the hall that had a person in them that were not, uh, were kind of on the fence on this issue, on the PFD issue, 
uh, we heard the phone ringing off the hook. So um, there's been lots of pressure, and I appreciate that. We need to hear from our constituents. Because of the politician's disease that you talk about, we need to be reminded every minute of every day that we work for you. Yeah, absolutely. And that you care about this issue. I mean, we've seen this in the past. We've seen other hearings on the PFD. We've seen hours of testimony with 90 plus percent being in favor of paying a full PFD. And some of these politicians just looking them in the eye and saying, well, you know, we understand how you feel, but we're still going to do this because we know better than you. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially that's the implication here. But I think that at this point, this is the golden moment because we have the full bill in front of us. Like you said, it's not an amendment. It's a full bill. It's in there. It's ready to go. All they got to do is pull the lever for it, and it's going to be a lot harder to look people in the eye and say, well, I voted it down because of whatever, especially in districts where that PFD would make such a difference. Right. This is, this is the nexus. This is the full PFD is on, is ready to go as a bill, and it's an election year. So how are you going to go knock doors in, in Bethel or some of, the, uh, some of the places, Mountain View, and knock doors and tell your constituents that you voted against the full PFD. I, I just don't know how I don't know how I would spin that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it would definitely be Olympic gymnastic level spinning at that point uh, to be able to try and and justify that in the long run. On top of the capital projects that many of these districts uh, would then be involved with, on top of the you know the the uh, the union component of the of the of the union uh, contracts being funded by this bill and the capital projects utilizing union labor, et cetera, et cetera. I think that people are going to vote in their own self interest at this point. Uh, the the citizenry, I mean, and so again, it's going to be very hard to go back as a legislator for re-election to say I'm your guy, but yes, I did screw your family out of whatever thousands of dollars at some point. That's going to be a hard, hard sell. Right, and, and you know, for me, it's more less about getting elected and more about being able to face them and say I did <clears throat> my best for you. And to me, that's the that's. I'm still a neophyte enough, I think, to be thinking like that. Others maybe are a little bit more jaded than I am, but I work for I work for my constituents. I'm doing sure. the best I can for them, and I need to be able to look them in the eye and say, I did this because you asked me to when you pulled the lever for me. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree that there are some legislators who are motivated, again, by philosophy and, and uh, true interest of, you know, serving their constituency. But we all know that there are some out there that are motivated by political by simple political aspirations. Either way, this has got to be a yes for either one of those people in the long run. Right. Uh, down at the perfect nexus. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is the golden moment. This is that this is that perfect golden moment where they have the opportunity to walk away whether political or philosophical, to walk away as heroes for their constituency, for the win-win-win, to tell the, the the majority, sorry, binding caucus doesn't matter, we can do it, walk in as heroes and come back and, and go to their constituencies and say, I voted in your self-interest, now it's either because of who I am and philosophically or it's because I wanted you to reelect me, either way, I'm the hero. And I think that is what they need to hear when it's all said and done. Uh, two minutes here, Kevin. I want to give you the floor. Your final thoughts on when you think it's going to get called out, if it's going to get called out, when it's going to get called out, and what do you think the vote is going to be when it's all said and done? Give me a number if you can. What your thoughts are. Hit me with it. Well, my my guess is we'll I'll get in there in uh, 15 or 20 minutes from now, and there will be uh, 
maybe by nine o'clock there will be a notice that the house is delayed to the call of the chair. Um, I'm not sure that she'll be able to delay it more than today, but she might. And and we might get there and probably hear, uh, I think there's six or seven bills to hear first, uh, and then maybe take up the budget. And we'll probably be limited in the time that we can talk. There's 40 of us, and I think we'll be limited to two or three minutes on the time that we can debate. Or, you know, we each get to uh, put our input in there. Right. And then we'll take a vote, and uh, there will be many, many at eases while pressure still continue to be applied and people continue to forge those new relationships and talk and discuss things. Um, but I, I suspect that um, maybe late tonight we'll be voting on it. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking that we have uh, – are, it's going to be surprising to Alaskans. I'll be surprised if it's a – if it's a twenty-one nineteen, I think it'll be higher. You think it's going to be higher than that? You think it'll yeah. be, yeah. Um, and I think that that will put to bed a lot of the questions on who supports what. And again, it puts all these people on. I mean, that's the other thing we really haven't talked about overall is the long-term effect. These people are all going on record uh, to to say whether or not they f- uh, support a full PFD. They won't be able to back down from this in the future. Kevin McCabe, our guest. Folks, we are out of time. The Michael Duke Show continues tomorrow, Firearms Friday. Be kind, love one another, live well. We will see you then. Sorry, Kevin, I ran out of time there. I But I, I gi- I'll give you final thoughts here before I let you uh, before I let you rock out the door here. Yeah, no worries, Michael. It's, uh, it's an interesting conversation. I've been fascinated watching the whole thing truthfully, and I learned, even yesterday, I learned so much and how to talk to people and how the pressure is applied and uh, you know, it's it's just to me, it's been a it's been a, a just a wild ride, you know. So um, we're all sort of interested. We talk about it. We spent most of last night around pizza talking about it. So uh, I'm uh, I'm fascinated, and I'm hoping I'm doing the right thing for my constituents. Well, I think you are, uh, and I think uh, I mean I'm I'm hopeful. I'm more hopeful now than I was when I started this morning. Uh, I'm feeling better about it as I think about more of the long-term ramifications. Again, these people will have to go back to their districts and explain, but it also puts them on record for the future as to whether they support that idea or not, regardless of what excuse they would give for saying no. So I think that this is probably one of the best opportunities we've had in years to fix this problem. I agree, and if you think about it, this is also a pivot point for the constitutional convention yeah no absolutely if they voted down it puts the con con into overdrive if they voted up it may help it may help uh you know smother that uh that need for that or the desire for that a little bit um and i think uh they may take that into account as well so kevin thank you for coming on board my friend as always it's good to good to see you yep nice talking to michael i appreciate the opportunity well i appreciate you coming on on short notice thank you so much All right, folks, I'm posting up one final time. That's the link to the post on my Facebook page where you can go and get the list of legislators and all their contact info. Encourage Stutes to get out, do her thing, put that on the floor. Encourage all the other legislators, including some of the Democratic ones, as to why they need to vote for it. Why they need to vote. We're out of time. Love you guys. Thanks for coming on board. Thanks for sharing this morning. We peaked out over 100 at one point. I was laughing yesterday. There was a video right after mine ended. I looked down. It was a live video. 
it was some chick eating her lunch. She had 600 and something viewers. It's just like, man, I, I, how do I get to 100? She's got 685 viewers watching her eat a Big Mac. We got to get more. We got to get more folks involved in this, folks. We got to get more folks involved. <laughs> All right. It is the what's the bill's title? It's the budget bill. It is the budget from the Senate. I don't remember what the number is. You tell them the budget. They'll know what you're talking about. All right, my friends. We will see you guys tomorrow for Firearms Friday. Hooray! We'll see you then. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show